and this is the Valley View Friends Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are so glad that you are listening in today. As God's people, we are concerned with reaching and restoring hearts and homes with Jesus. If you want to learn more about our church, look us up on our website at valleyviewfriendschurch.org. Please subscribe to always get the next podcast. George Bernard Shaw writes these words, There are two tragedies in life. One is not to get your heart's desire. The other is to get it. Ha! More than we'd like to admit, the desires of our heart are not healthy. We want things that are, well, not necessarily good for us. And that's important to remember as we continue to explore what God says about the tongue and the heart. God speaks of these human organs in figurative terms, linking them tightly together. The heart is used to describe our personhood, our nature, our character. The heart can also be used to describe our desires. J. Stowell describes the heart this way. He says, The heart is used in Scripture as the most comprehensive term for the authentic person. It is the part of our being where we desire, where we desire, deliberate, and decide. It has been described as the place of conscious and decisive spiritual activity, the comprehensive term for a person as a whole, their feelings, desires, passions, thought, understanding, and will, and the center of a person, the place to which God turns. Quite an understanding of the heart. The tongue is understood as the words that we speak, our language, and you'll hear me say that a lot through these next couple of sermons. But even more so, the tongue is the gateway to our heart. The tongue makes our desires known and lets our character out into the world. Our tongues permit others to know who we really are. The Bible speaks over and over about our heart and our tongue. God wants us to see clearly that our tongues and hearts reveal a lot about ourselves. Last, last week, we looked at the power of our tongues. This week, we need to see the tight connection between our tongues and our hearts. God wants us to see who we really are. And to do this, we must be honest about the connection between our tongue and our heart. The tongue reveals the heart. And what we find in the heart is a need for the grace of Jesus. Let's read the words of Jesus as he speaks to us about the human heart in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. Jesus says this, Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. By your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Jesus is answering the accusations of the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. That's the setting of the text we just read. They've accused him of performing miracles under the power of the devil. And Jesus' response? He says, you can only produce from what is in your heart, what's in your character and in your nature. On the one hand, he's saying the arguments of the Pharisees are silly. Because God cannot produce from evil. Only God, only, he can only produce from God's own nature. 
The Pharisees simply don't know what they're talking about, is what Jesus is saying. But on the other hand, Jesus is revealing the nature of the Pharisees. Whether they meant it or not, they produced an abominable accusation. They stood face to face with the Son of God, staring at Jesus. They stood in the very presence of Jesus, and they accused him of being in league with the devil. They revealed the nature of their hearts, whether they intended evil or maybe they intended good, but just didn't know any better. They showed their fallen nature and how desperately they need Jesus. And that's one thing that this text really tells us above all else. We can only produce fruit according to our nature. A tree is known by its fruit, as a phrase that is used all throughout the Bible. We cannot produce fruit that is different from our nature. In terms of heart and tongue, the heart represents who we are, and our tongue, well, that produces the fruit of our heart. The fruit of our mouths reveal the nature of our heart. The truth is our hearts are darker than we want to admit. Our society insists that people can be good or they can be bad. It doesn't seem to have an in-between, and they're partially right. But the result is, is we tend to divide our world up into the good people and the bad people. The reality is, is that not, is not that some are good and some are bad. All of us are bad. We all have the sin nature in us. And all of us have the potential for good to receive Christ. Mark Arias says this about the heart. The heart itself is a, but a small vessel, yet dragons are there, and there are also lions, and there are poisonous beasts, and all treasures of evil. But there too is God and the kingdom. Our words reveal our hearts. That is to say, they reveal our character and our nature. But you might be wondering, okay, if our words reveal our hearts, what about the person who speaks with an artificial sweetness? You know, a liar, someone who is deceptive, someone who puts on a face for others to see. Or what about a person who generally believes that what they say is right, but maybe they're wrong, but their heart's in the right place, right? Does that change the nature? Well, here's the truth. Our words will eventually collide with the authority of God. And when that happens, our good intentions our deceptions, our what we thought was right, those sorts of things will be measured against the truth of God. And in those moments, even our best thoughts that are wrong will be revealed. We'll have only God's truth to stand under. Everything else will be laid bare. So we can go back to those Pharisees accusing Jesus of being in league with the devil. Their words revealed their hearts. Perhaps those Pharisees were selfishly trying to keep their own power. They were trying to block out Jesus because they wanted something for themselves. But perhaps they were just trying to defend what they believed to be true about God, even if they were wrong. Either way, their intentions are now exposed by the truth of God, and their character is found to be abominable, whether they meant well or not. And our words will reveal our nature. And this is why we need to reunite our hearts and our tongues, because we've separated them in our society. We've, we've split them apart. We live in a world where we have, have divided our words and our actions. We justify poorly spoken words with good intentions. Well, I, I never meant to hurt you, as though that makes it better. But that meant, that uh, intention doesn't change the fact that we did hurt someone. 
that we did mess up, that there is something in our nature that has a problem. Many people believe that words are enough to cover over a rotten heart. As long as I say the right things, then I'm not really a bad person. And many people bifurcate their lives, and they use two sets of speech and two sets of words, depending on who they are with, and it just doesn't work. And so many of us believe that a quick apology will cover over a wrong that we did to another. It takes more than just a word. It takes word and heart, tongue and heart together. However you want to look at it, we humans have diminished the connection between our tongue and our heart. But our tongue does reveal the nature of our heart. A greedy, evil, selfish, small-minded, and infilled heart cannot produce good, life-giving speech. And lofty words that are wonderful cannot transform the heart. Matthew 15, verses 17 through 20 tell us this. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. The heart and the tongue are connected. Ultimately, we all will collide with that authority of God. Whether we lived life selfishly or with the best of intentions, we will then, in that moment, when we collide with God and His authority, we will see our need for Jesus. We cannot produce any other fruit than what is our nature. And we realize that our nature isn't good, it's sinful. So we need Jesus. So know today that Jesus can do a new work in your heart. We can't change our hearts, but we can let Jesus in. When you invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, His grace and forgiveness can restore your heart. Will you receive Jesus today? Now, in Matthew 12, Jesus' words have a lot more to teach us about our heart and our words. So I want to take a couple quick moments and talk about some of those other things that Jesus teaches us about our heart and our tongue, our nature and our words. He says this, that our heart is our treasure house. Now, you may not have heard those words today, but they're there. And we need to think of our heart as a treasure house, a place where we store what is valuable to us. I think we understand that we like to talk about keeping things tightly in our hearts. Verse 35 describes the heart this way, uh, and I'll read it in the English Standard Version because I think it starts to get us to think about terms of treasure. It says, the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. And the New Living Translation also gives another angle for us to think about. It says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. So, we get to choose what we fill our hearts with. We can fill it with Jesus, let Him in. We can fill it with God's Word. We can fill it with what is good and what is holy, or we can fill it up with selfish things, with sin and the like. What have you been filling your heart with? And if you're not sure what to think about how you, what you've been filling your heart with, you could think about how you're spending your time. Because I think, well, I know that where we spend the bulk of our time, that's likely to be filling our heart. So where have you been spending your time? 
that has been filling your heart, I guarantee it. What thoughts dominate your mind? What, what wakes you up at night and you think about? That's filling your heart. What do you listen to? What do you read? Who are you with? These all fill the treasure house of your heart. We must be careful with what we fill our hearts with, because they will become our words. Because Jesus warned us that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Are you living with constant anger? Your words will be angry. Do you live with worry or fear? Your words will not be able to alleviate those fears. They will become fearful. Do you live with doubt? Maybe doubting your own worth. Maybe doubting others. Maybe doubting God. Your words will begin to resonate with that doubt. You know, we have a phrase in our society that says, you are what you eat. And, you know, we have examples. There's flamingos. They are pink, pink flamingos because of their diet of shrimp. You know, the flamingo is actually a white bird, but because they eat shrimp, they turn pink. Our words, our actions are the direct result of what we have and continue to stuff into our hearts. So what are you putting into your heart? Whatever it's full of is what's going to come out. How about some wisdom from Winnie the Pooh? You weren't expecting that, but here it comes. Just a simple sentence that I think should give us a lot to think about. Sometimes the smallest things take up the most room in your heart. Hmm, what is taking up the rooms of your heart? What's filling your heart? John Ortberg, in his book called The Life You've Always Wanted, shares these words of Augustine. It says, Augustine suggested that to have a well-ordered heart is to love the right thing to the right degree in the right way with the right kind of love. And we could just turn around and do all the opposites because we can choose to want to treasure the wrong thing to the wrong degree in the wrong way with the wrong kind of love. Have you been doing that? Are you filling yourself with Jesus or are you stuffing other things into your heart? Chances are good that we all have been storing up something we shouldn't in our hearts. We've been filling the treasure house of our hearts with something that shouldn't be there. The great reformer Martin Luther said this, Should anyone knock on my heart and say, Who lives here? I should reply, Not Martin Luther, but the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say that? Can you say if someone was to knock on your heart, if someone was to look into the treasure house of your heart, would they see you or would they see Jesus Christ? Will you give your heart back to God? Now, we got to keep going here. Jesus warns us about what we store in the treasure house of our heart, but he also warns us that we will be judged by our words. And that's an uncomfortable phrase. None of us likes to hear that word judgment, but it's there. Jesus says it. Our hearts and tongues are tightly connected. I've said it before. I'll say it again. They are connected together. Our tongues are a window into our hearts. And so Jesus tells us that at the judgment, we will have our words weighed and we'll be judged by our words because by our words, he will know our heart. And we're told in this passage that empty words will matter. And you know, we live in a society full of empty words. What's an empty word? Well, words that are simply for nonsense, that's an empty word. Words that are just for our own pleasure to tickle us, that's an empty word. I would suggest perhaps words that are not pointed at heaven, that are not godly. Those are empty words. But I think we can also say unkept promises are empty words. Broken promises, words that don't accomplish anything. Our empty words do matter. In the text today, it's the, that word empty is the Greek word argon. 
which is the word deed. Ergon is deed. And if you add an A in Greek to it, so you get argon, it becomes non-deeds. Or the, uh, the, the, something that is empty, something that is careless, something that's idle. It's all good for understanding this term. So you could say idle words, empty words, or uh, careless words. The words that never materialize into actions. Beware of living with empty words. They're not good for us. But there's another way to understand what Jesus is saying. He's saying we'll be judged by the words that we didn't think mattered, the ones that we thought were empty and unimportant. And I think that's something for us to grab onto. William Barclay proposes that God examines us according to our unguarded words. That's how we know the real nature of who we are. Because we can all be careful for our words for a time. We say that we all think of others. We, we, we say the things that we think others want to hear. You ever have a moment like that where you just said something because you thought someone else really wanted to hear it or you wanted it to be polite and you wanted to maintain decorum so you said what you thought were the right things in that moment? It's the words that we use when public restraint is lifted away that reveal our heart. So I ask you the question, are your words different when you know you're being watched? Are your words different when you are angry? Are your words different when you're afraid? Are they different when you're tired? The words that really reveal our heart are the words we speak when our guard is down. And I think you know what I'm talking about there. These words are also the most painful ones we can speak. Beware, please beware. The words you never meant to say can be the most deadly ones you speak. If you're about to just let loose, you're probably going to say something you regret. So please stop. But we are judged by our unguarded words, our empty words. It's easy to want to judge ourselves by our best words, our best actions. But Jesus tells us that our heart is revealed when our words are unguarded. What do your words reveal about you when you are unguarded? So our tongue and our heart are tightly tied together. Be careful of what you are storing up in your heart. Because we can store up all the wrong things. And some of us need to clean out the treasure house of our heart. We've been filling up with the wrong stuff for a long time. Stop. Clean it out. Some of us have not been hearing our unguarded words. We need to. And we all need to let Jesus into our hearts. That is where we find hope. I want to close with Paul's words in his letter to the with Paul's words in his letter to the Ephesians. It's Ephesians chapter three, verses sixteen through nineteen. And Paul says this: "I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with the power of his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith." And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love 
that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Will you be filled with God today in your heart? Let us pray. Lord, examine our hearts. Reveal to us the things that we have been treasuring that are not good for us. Replace the stockpiles of fear and worry and anger and depression and sorrow. Replace them with your goodness, with your truth, and with Jesus. Lord, help us to be a people who fill our hearts with Jesus and fill our hearts with all that is godly and of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with Jesus.